Welcome to the Nativist Podcast, where we tap into our instinct and natural power to live intuitively. The ultimate goal is to leave the world healthier and more beautiful than we found it. It all starts on the individual level by cultivating our mind-body connection. Whether you're on a healing journey or just want to look and feel your best, I hope by the end you feel a little happier, a little more inspired, and a little more invested in yourself and the world. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nativist Podcast. And today we are starting a series I've been wanting to do for years. I could say that plural, years. And it's important. It's integral, I think, to understanding our nation, understanding the people in it, understanding our fellow humans. And this is a really important topic, I think, that doesn't get the light that it should. It does in some ways, but not this specific topic that we'll be talking about today. And so I'm thrilled to have a guest back, Elise. Love her. And so, so happy that you're here, Elise. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me again. I'm honored. Thank you. Well, like I've said to you a thousand times before, I just think the world of you, you are such a light. I love following your Instagram account because you share such valuable content, uplifting, but also real, you know? Mm -hmm. That's my goal. I I want to be authentic always. So I'm glad you can see that. (laughs) Yes, totally comes across. And when I reached out to you with, well, actually it was in response to a post that you had shared. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I need to dig more into because Mm -hmm. I've wanted to do this series and we'll talk about the topic in a second. And Mm -hmm. I was so happy that you were so willing to come on and talk about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm very passionate about this. So yes, happy that I get to talk about it. (laughs) Yes. And like we were talking about, you have a unique perspective. So Here's what we're going to be talking about today, y'all, the indigenous perspective and the indigenous voice. And that's, I think, something that gets drowned out. Not that the other voices shouldn't be listened to either. It's all important, especially when it comes to equity and equality. We need to be having these conversations for sure. But I think the indigenous voice isn't always heard like it should be, you know? Absolutely. I agree. I think it's just incredible that you you care enough to do this, first of all. And Hmm. second of all, I I do completely agree that I feel like the Native American, just them existing, it's kind of invisible to most of us. Yes. I mean, we are, I can say only 2% of the American population. So it is a really small percentage, but these are the first people to be here. And so yes, they hold a big place, I think. They do. And they should. This is technically their land that could get into it. It's the truth, you know, and we're the ones who intruded and came onto their land and robbed it from them. And it's just an unfortunate history. I think that needs to be looked at and it needs to be acknowledged and it not always is. And even not just acknowledged, but also embraced and celebrated and welcomed and invited Mm. and it's not and it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking the history and so I am so stoked to dive in to get your perspective on all of this your thoughts on all of this first of all first things first so this is my understanding and then I want you to correct me or confirm deny whatever yeah yeah so it's not Indians obviously because 
not from India. So that's a separate mm-hmm. population. That's a separate nation. That's a completely separate group of people. Yes. Yes. Native Americans. I think that could also slightly be problematic just because that's still a Western influence and Western ownership of that term, because it wasn't America. We came and we made it America and we like claimed ownership of it, but it technically isn't America. So Native Americans isn't quite right either. It's not quite accurate. Indigenous is right because indigenous indicates that the indigenous people were here first, right? It's not my understanding. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And because I'm Canadian, indigenous, yeah. <laughs> um, Canadians choose a lot of times. So there's, there's three main ways that I like to be referred to as, and yeah, there, one is indigenous. Another one is Aboriginal. Okay. And another main one, there's several, but these are just the main ones. Another one is First Nations mm, as well. I like so, that. Okay. Yeah. So exactly. Aboriginal isn't just, and I think I've been waking up to that more and more. It's not just like the Aborigines or the Aboriginals of Australia. It's right. also, okay. That's good to know. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Right on. And yeah, everyone um, has their own perspective. <laughs> and so yeah. I think if you have an Indigenous person in your life to ask them, like, what do you prefer? That's a good point you identify with like what term resonates with you best because it can be very touchy like you were saying yeah so much to talk about before we get started even more actually can you give us kind of your background and your nexus how yeah you yeah know about this world yeah I would love to so I am a quarter first Nations. my family is from a reservation in northern Saskatchewan Canada so cool and my paternal grandma so my dad <laughs> mom um she's full Native American and that was that's where she was born and fortunately I'm even able to have membership there I'm the cutoff though after a quarter my children can't have that membership there but I can and I feel really fortunate to have that but I spent the first 10 years of my life growing up in a city nearby the reservation and my dad because that's his heritage he spent a lot of time taking me and my siblings to different traditional events and visiting extended family members that were indigenous. And so I feel like from a really young age, I was exposed to part of the culture, not all of it by any means. I, there's so much, I don't know, but I'm really grateful that I had like that in my early years, because when I moved to Idaho as an adolescent, I just got way out of touch with that part of, of who I am. And my parents moved around a lot. We actually moved back to Canada in between my junior and senior year of high school for only two years. And while I was there, we weren't in the same location as before, but we were still in Saskatchewan. I was able to attend First Nations University of Canada for my first year of college. I feel like that's where I learned so much about the culture because in each class that I took, I went there full time for two semesters. And in each class that I took, we would learn an Indigenous perspective on the topics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. How valuable and interesting. It was really interesting and really just educational for me. And in that experience, that's where I, I had friends that were First Nations as well and where I got to really like know about their lives and like the day-to-day struggles that Indigenous people go through. And I saw that there is racism on both sides. It's very uh, yeah. apparent because I, to some of my associates, I wasn't Native enough to identify mm. with that. I'm too fair. They would say I'm too pale. And that's understandable. I mean, I get that, that I could 
come off as a threat maybe. So how did that show up for you? Like if Um, they were saying that you're too pale, was there any rejection in any way or any, anything that went down just in your daily interactions or social interactions, things like that? Yeah. So I, I remember meeting, there's a few different individuals that when I would say, yeah, I'm Cree. So my tribe actually didn't say that I'm part Cree and Cree is a tribe that's all across Canada. There's actually a few Um, reservations in the northern United States too as well but when I would say I'm Cree and I'm a tribal member because some people would ask me why do you you go to the school (laughs) like you don't look oh wow they would just directly ask you yeah oh wow okay oh you're really pale Mm -hmm. yeah that's right but that's because I'm not full Native American but looking back I'm like I shouldn't have had to explain myself. No, 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 no. It's not their business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) By by any means at all. So, and I have gotten that from Caucasian people as well. Um, What did they say to you? Kind of like, why do you care so much? Mm -hmm. It's only a small percentage of of your identity and things like that. Which is kind of sad though anyways, because you would hope that we would all care too. You know, even if there's not a personal stake in it, you're not personally invested. I mean, hopefully just human to human. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a thought. So this is hopefully drumming up some support (laughs) and some inspiration to care and why this is important, even if it's not personally relevant to you. I mean, hopefully you would see that it is personally relevant to you because where we live. And I mean, even if this isn't where you live, just a voice that needs to be heard and a story that needs to be told. Right, exactly. Because the indigenous people have been all around the world, essentially. But if you're listening and you live anywhere in North America, this applies to you, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Okay, so your early years, you studied at First Nation University. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, First Nation University. First Nation, University of Canada. Very cool. Okay, so take us from there. From there, then I moved back to Idaho and I finished um, my degree at Idaho State University. And in the meantime, though, because I care so much about my heritage, I've worked for a nonprofit part-time ever since for my, my dad actually owns it, which makes it easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a education and economic development nonprofit for Native Americans to be more self-reliant. That's like the main goal to help them get on their feet, be more educated and contribute to the economy more. So right on. So did he start this? Did he found this? Yes. Yeah. He found this back in 2013. Oh, cool. And yeah, he has dedicated his life to it. So Good for him, uh, how has it been? How's the ride been? Has it been extremely challenging, moderately yeah. challenging? Has it been? I, I would say extremely challenging. Oh man, I can imagine. Um, yeah, but there there have definitely been some moments that are very rewarding and we're like, okay, this is why we do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's all worth it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of roadblocks. I think the hardest part is um, helping funders realize why this is important. Yeah. Because a lot of people have the perspective of, oh, Native Americans get money from the government. So why do they need more money? Yeah. And it's like money is not what is solving problems. Yes. The money is just a way to help them survive, but the money that is donated to our organization helps them with life skills and education and job training in order to get them to a place where they don't have to rely on the government. Yeah. 
And so it's hard, it's hard to get that vision um, for other people to see that. Totally. And <laughs> just to speak on reparations, it's because of exactly that reason, because transferring this over to Blacks, I listened to mm-hmm. a podcast episode and previous to that, I was like, yeah, reparations sounds like, and not saying that reparations isn't a good idea and should be. But mm. because, I mean, obviously, if you did a group of people dirty, I mean, you need to pay them for it literally and figuratively. Yes. But I yeah, agree. so full support of it. And then I listened to this podcast and it added another layer to consider. And so Blacks wanting reparations and deserving reparations, quite frankly, but wanting reparations. And it was a panel of Black leaders. And then the host podcast host, I think Brett Weinstein is his name. Okay. And he's white. And so he um, was kind of just consulting them for their input and their voices and what they thought and their opinions. And I mean, it's just human nature. We're all different. And they were across the spectrum on their opinions on reparations. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them offered some really good points. And they're like, my concern with reparations is kind of what you had just said right now, mm-hmm. kind of in the same vein that once you pay those reparations, it'll be considered and viewed by the government and by people as transactional. Like, okay, well, we've literally paid our debt then. So then we're good. And so quit complaining and nothing else needs to change. When a lot needs to change, man, like systemically, a lot needs to change. Culturally, things need to change and how indigenous and blacks and marginalized people are viewed. I mean, there's so much more that needs to be actually upheaved and changed and tweaked to actually, yes, to to not just put a bandaid on things and to actually systemically go in and correct things as they should be. And that's a whole deep conversation, but it really opened my eyes. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because if you just make it transactional in people's minds, as I've heard as a white person with fellow whites, they're like, they get money. They should quit complaining. Like that was right. in the past. And now mm-hmm. they've gotten money. It's like sit down and shut up and they have their money. It's and like not oh, that simple. God, it's not that simple. And there's so much more to it than that, than just money. Exactly. Yes. And the money is not the solution. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that was eye opening. but yeah. Okay. So that's really good work. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's really for all marginalized communities. I mm-hmm. think come a long ways in our society, but this isn't like we haven't arrived to the end. Oh, <laughs> There's yeah. work to do yes. for all marginalized communities. I agree. So just wanted to touch on that. Yes. Thank you. What are mm. some of the other challenges? There are oh, the intergenerational trauma. Mm. Is huge. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I talk a little bit about the history? Oh, please. please. Oh, okay. Fabulous. So in the 1800s, I want to say. It started in the, the late 1800s. Well, I think everyone knows that Native Americans were taken off their lands and put into reservations. And a lot of times those reservations were the conditions of like a concentration camp yeah. were really, really poor. Whoever survived was lucky. Mm. And um, time went on, the government, so this happened in the United States and Canada. I know a little bit more about the Canadian side to it, but it goes for both. Something called, in Canada, they call them residential schools. In the United States, they're called Native American boarding schools, where the children of Native American families would be taken from their homes, from their parents, without a choice. The parents had no choice. And their families were torn apart And these kids were taken to live in these boarding schools where the culture and language, the main goal of the government was to strip the culture and language from them to um, help 
the Native American people just become integrated in society like the rest of us. Assimilate. Oh. Yeah, the assimilation, totally. And that caused so much trauma and it's still affecting the Native American people today. Think about that. So I think sometimes it's easy to desensitize ourselves to that. And especially if we've heard of like concentration camps or things like this. Right. It's weird. There's like some sort of distance or removal from actually thinking about that. Mm -hmm. and what that would be for you personally. Any family member of yours, especially your kids, if you're a parent, them yanked from you without your permission and you feel powerless and can't do anything and how disruptive that would be to your family and the ripple effect. And that ripple effect I think is huge and is often dismissed and ignored. And that intergenerational trauma that's going to carry through, that is going to have a ripple effect. And that's why we're still seeing that ripple effect today. And that's why it's still affecting. It's going to matter. It's going to matter today. If it's happened to you, it's going to matter today. And it's going to matter down the road because that is going to disrupt your family and how it's formed. And and it's going to affect everything. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like I recently read a story, a true story about a woman who, um, this was in the seventies. She was actually in Saskatchewan. Mm. She had six kids and she got all of them taken away from her. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so sad by the government. And oh. she loved her kids. Like I could talk about foster parents. I mean, kids like <laughs> in the foster care system too, but the parents that lose their children, they still love them. Mm -hmm. love there doesn't mean they don't love them if they can't take care of them properly but what happened to this lady is because she was in boarding school she was in a boarding school growing up where she wasn't nurtured and loved from a mother or a father or caregiver she didn't have that nurturing growing up that when she had her own kids she didn't know how Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, It carries on. It carries through the generations and that's why and that affects. And then those kids can carry that on. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's heartbreaking. Oh, right. And these residential schools in Canada, I don't know when the last one was closed in the United States, but in Canada, the last one was closed in 1996. Oh my gosh. Our lifetime. No, I was in fourth grade. Yeah, I was alive too. Unsettling. Oh. Seriously. Yeah. And it's something that, yeah, no one wants to talk about something that they've done in Canada, which is amazing is the government has set up this entire initiative. It's called truth and reconciliation. I think it's actually an act. I think Mm. legislation and what they've done is, yeah, they've paid out a lot of the survivors of these residential schools, but that money, it's not a bandaid for the trauma that they went through. No, no by any means. It doesn't take away or heal them from no. the that they had to experience in their lifetime. And no. another like really sad part of it is in order to be compensated, they had to go before a court and explain their entire story, which is oh reliving their trauma. Yes. Oh. And to have to plead your case, right. literally plead your case for mm-hmm. why you should, and then to relive that and how damaging that would be and it's so sad but it makes sense why the people their children today are still struggling to survive yes and to have stable relationships and to have secure attachments and it's really hard to function if you don't have that (laughs) 
So, oh, it affects everything. Yeah. That's the fundamentals and it affects everything. And then that's where you see a lot of addiction and you see a lot of domestic abuse or substance abuse mm-hmm. and a lot of, yeah, like the attachment issues that you said, those all directly affect and the home life, how they grow into adults. I get so frustrated when they're criticized like they are, or you hear some people say like, and I grew up a half mile from the reservation. And so I was, mm-hmm. you know, had that nexus to it. Yeah. And I would get so frustrated, still do when people would criticize them. Oh, they got money. Oh, they're just not. I mean, they'd say some pretty awful things. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to like dance around without saying all that they said. But (laughs) yeah, basically just criticizing them for not being stand up citizens and not pulling their weight and just for being lazy or being awful parents or spouses and all of that. You have to consider the history. You have to consider that mental health aspect and what they have come from and how that has carried through the ages. And that needs to be considered. And it's just clear wrong if you don't consider that. And if you're just looking at them now and not taking all of that into account, I mean, it's a human thing. It's going to happen whether you're white, whether you're red, whether you're black, whether you're brown, no matter what, it's a human thing. And that's what's going to happen. And you got to have some empathy, some understanding, and just a little drive to consider the full picture. Rant over. (laughs) No, I agree. Like you never know what someone's been through. Mm -mm. And I'm definitely not perfect, but that's why we shouldn't judge because we don't know what someone has gone through to make them behave the way they do. Right. And And we even know a, a lot about, I mean, at least the history. I mean, even if you haven't dug into it, you at least have a pretty clear idea of what they've gone through. I think it needs to be communicated more clearly in school for sure. But even at that, like you have a pretty vague idea of what's been going on and what's happened in the past, you know? And so I think that really needs to be considered and it really isn't always. I agree. Totally. I also think, so part of my, what I do right now, Mm. the organization that I work for is I teach a life skills course to Native American high school students. So this is mm. on the, the Navajo reservation. So I just do it virtually. Cool. And yeah. And something that I teach the students is like, yes, your ancestors have been through so much and it has been extremely tough. And I know it's extremely tough for you too, but your ancestors and you are resilient and strong Mm -hmm. because you're here today and just because they've been through so much it has made them resilient and strong and so I just try to help them see that that oh just because they've had a hard life thus far it doesn't mean it has to stay they they have to be stagnant like there's still opportunity for growth and achievement they don't have to find it somewhere else it's within them that ability yes how powerful yes and how empowering too Thank you. But that's, yeah, that's really what I want. Everyone really needs that. (laughs) Yes. And that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I know I've thought about that and posted on that. That applies universally to all of us and to, yes, to owning your resiliency and the challenges that you've been through, that you have been through, that your ancestors have been through, but then taking ownership of that and breaking the pattern and stepping into your power because you have it innately. You have it. We all have it. And then taking ownership and then the world is yours and your future is yours if you take ownership of it. Yes. Ooh, that is so beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. But if that's what it comes down to. And it's a choice. Yes. We all have the ability to choose too. So we can choose yeah. to go that route or choose to wallow in 
feel sorry for ourselves. We can choose to just be content with where we are or move forward. Yeah. Yes. Good points. Okay. So I have a quick question. What are the differences that you have seen between Canada and Idaho with the indigenous population, your observations, like your interactions, all of that? Sure. Yeah. So because I am not, you know, associated with the local tribe here, Mm. the Shoshone Brownick tribe, (laughs) I feel disconnected Mm. Mm -hmm. in a sense from my heritage because of that, because I'm so far away, but I've learned that it it's not about where I live. It's really about what I think of myself and how I choose to live my life and how I, I choose to take from what I've learned. Yeah. When I did have a strong connection with my heritage, I feel like I can still identify with it, even though I'm not like right there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, but here where I live right now, racism is really strong. There's such a division between yeah. the rest of society and the indigenous people. And it is really sad. And like you said, there are so many different perspectives and there's so many reasons why. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. This big divide. And yeah, it's really, really hard to bridge that gap. But in Canada, where I lived, I think people in general, so the population of Native Americans in Canada is larger than mm. it is in the United States per capita. Mm. So in Canada, it's 5% okay. of the population instead of two in the U.S. And so, and specifically in the province that I lived, indigenous population was rising, like growing faster than the really? rest of the population. Yeah. Yep. Why so is that? A lot of indigenous people in, I sh- should speak for just that area, <laughs> don't believe in birth control. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's a lot of teen pregnancies and mm-hmm. a lot of single mothers that have multiple children and yeah. the general population. Um, I feel like our generation is a lot less willing to have multiple kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was really apparent in Canada. So when I lived there, my mom at the time had four kids and people thought she was absolutely crazy for having four kids. I was really? Like, yes. Oh, like, gosh how do you do it? Like, (laughs) Like, it's really common for like families to just have two. Oh yeah. The rest of the population just wasn't really growing because there's just less of a desire to have children. So Mm -hmm. that's happening, but yeah, there's just a lot more, like, I feel like in that society, there's a lot more opportunity for native Americans. Businesses actually are legally required to hire a certain percentage and that, that happens here too, mm-hmm. minorities. But if you're First Nations, it's like highly sought after mm-hmm. for employment there. So yeah, the government is really trying to make up for past wrongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you having like a foot in both worlds, like your grandma who's full, mm-hmm. did you ever feel pressure to fully embrace that culture and that side? And then did you ever feel torn between like both sides? Did you feel pressure between both sides? Did you feel torn? That's a really good question. So mm-hmm. My grandma actually, she spent part of her childhood, over half of her childhood in the United States Mm. with a foster family that was white. And and so she doesn't have a lot of, like, she doesn't keep the culture. It's not like really strong in her life, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really strong in my dad's life either. And so, yeah, I haven't ever felt like pressure in that way. And I think most of like what I know, like I've sought after it myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because I just, yeah, that part of who I am just really resonates with me. And what specifically <laughs> resonates about it with you? I just love how Native Americans, the sense of family that they mm-hmm. have the sense of family is 
incredible. Like it's so inclusive. For instance, my great uncle, we don't call him Uncle George. He's passed, but he was Grandpa George to Mm -hmm. us. You Mm -hmm. call your like great aunts and uncles like your grandparents because they can play that role in your life too. And it doesn't matter like how how distant of a relative you are to someone, you're still their cousin. Mm, I've noticed this. I I that yeah yeah. That's awesome. Growing up, that yeah. That's yeah, so like, funny. Oh, we're cousins. Oh, we're family. Awesome. Like, <laughs> and that confused me because I was like, man, that's a lot of cousins. And I think I actually like asked or they offered. I can't remember. But yeah, they had explained. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the way well, we do things. <laughs> yeah, we could be like fifth cousins. But yeah, family. we're family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you all have a really big family, and then <laughs> so we broke it down for me, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, I love that, that aspect of it. And also in Cree culture, I know this goes for a lot of tribes, just the emphasis on generosity Mm. is huge. Mm -hmm. And I try to be generous, as generous as I can. But something that I always remember was you. So if you're um, complimenting someone Mm -hmm. and you say, Hey, I really like this happened to my dad a few times, someone would compliment him on his tie and he would just give him his tie. You're like, oh, here, oh, you can wow. have it. Like, that's what you do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, but it's yeah, just yeah. a practice that yeah. if you want to do, you can. And so, yeah, that like level of generosity is just. Is there any resentment ever on the side of the giver? Like your dad, for example, not to say that your dad would be resentful, but right. ever, was there ever? Okay, this is a cultural, yeah, kind of prompt that I should do, cultural obligation. Really don't want to give up this tie, (laughs) but I should. (laughs) I'm sure it's been there, Mm. but I haven't seen it. I I actually haven't haven't seen any resentment. I love that for so many reasons. I love A, like the non-attachment that that really facilitates and invites, non-attachment to material things, the generosity and the love for others. And yes, and the compassion wanting to give. That's a wonderful way to live on so many levels. I agree. I absolutely love that. That's awesome. Um, Another thing that I absolutely love that I kind of already touched on is just like the importance of the people that have gone before us, Mm -hmm. our ancestors, Mm -hmm. and what they have done to pave the way for us and how we can still thank them and they can still be important to us even though they're not here but we can still learn from them and that's something that I carry with me that I absolutely love Mm -hmm. that I've learned from my heritage Um, another thing that I love I'll stop at this one no okay (laughs) no give me all of them I love them (laughs) okay thank you Um, another one is just how um, Native Americans Indigenous people treat the land (gasps) I was gonna say yes Yes. Yes. And their connection to the earth and the land and their respect and reverence for it. Exactly. And And the the synergy. Yeah. We are connected. Yeah. We are all connected. And just like the respect that they have for mother earth in general. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. And it doesn't mean that, oh, they're all vegan or vegetarian, but yeah, yeah. I know like a traditional practice is to, um, so for instance, so my tribe would hunt buffalo because mm-hmm. it's on the plains mm-hmm. and before it's either like right before, or right after it's right after the animal is, is killed. You thank the animal. So if, yes. if you shot the animal, you thank them oh. for providing what they are providing to you. Yes. It's a way of honoring them. Yes. 
that it's not just blood and oh this is our meat now great <laughs> let's go yes <laughs> yes because it really acknowledges and strengthens that connection to the food source and to a fellow living being exactly and then the synergy too and then also i think humans are getting into trouble because we're so disconnected from earth and the land. Mm. And there's just such a nonchalance about it. And we're Mm. just so kind of dismissive and arrogant in a lot of ways about it. We feel entitled and we're smarter, we're bigger, we're better. Right. I'm reading a book that really actually touches on this too, called Sapiens. I don't know if you've heard of Sapiens or read it by Yuval Noah Harari. He's a fantastic author. I love his books, Mm -hmm. but he talks about Yeah, evolution and through the years, and he really gets deep into it politically and biologically and socially and just how humans have evolved through the years Mm -hmm. in all of those ways and that connection to the land and how it's changed. And oh my gosh, so much to unpack there, but that's, yeah. yeah, And that's always been a topic of fascination to me is our connection to the land and how the indigenous people really have that. And I had noticed this trend myself and I saw something that really captured this the other day, how it had said the indigenous people have had it figured out all this time. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, you guys, okay, listen, this is, you know, how we should be living and interacting with each other and with the earth and with it's living beings. And it just seems like now we're slowly starting to wake up to that. Like, oh, well, they might be onto something. <laughs> yeah, should, like, oh, yeah. They knew it all along. <laughs> no kidding. And so now like more and more like, oh yeah, there's something to that. Yeah. In so many ways, on so many levels, it's such a beneficial. I mean, if you're going to look at it just that way, a beneficial way to live, but also just a beautiful, generous way to live. Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah, those are like some of the main things. Oh, there's one more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It goes along with the ancestors. Something that I've seen growing up and that I always thought was really respectful was the way the elders are treated, the older Mm. generation, Mm -hmm. how they are treated and how they're honored. So at like cultural gatherings, like the elders are always honored and they are looked to as a source of strength. And a lot of times they're a source of advice. Yeah. And I just think that's fabulous because yes, there is a lot we can learn from them. It's not just Native Americans by any means, like in general, like they have a lot of life experience. So yeah. It depends on the person, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And here's something that I had heard. I don't know if this was specific to just one tribe and it was specifically talking about gender roles and non-binary gender roles Mm -hmm. and how there's more fluidity Uh in the indigenous cultures and kind of more acceptance too, where it's like, you are the way that you are. There's an acceptance instead of trying to control people or force them to conform and fit a certain box and whether it's regarding gender roles or personalities or whatever, there's just more of an openness and an acceptance. And I really love that. Does that relate to your experience in your tribe and culture? Absolutely. Yes. So a term for people that are in the LGBTQA community is two spirit. Mm. So Native American two spirit, meaning you have traits of, or you could have traits of both masculine and feminine. They don't necessarily have to be like physical traits. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> they were traditionally, they were also someone that people in the communities that were really well, well, ooh, well respected and their identity was something to celebrate and not something to shun. I love that to my core. I love that so much. 
Isn't it beautiful? What, I was just going to say, that's so beautiful. Such a gorgeous way to put it to spirits. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love that so very much. Wow. Yes. And that's, yeah, the fluidity that's more accepted. That's yeah, that could be described. So, and appreciation for women too, right? Mm-hmm. And the matriarchs and reverence yeah. and respect for mm-hmm. their knowledge and their contributions and all that they do. And oh gosh, oh, yes. Wait, I want to give you an example. Yeah. That there is a tribe called Lac La Ronge. It's in mm. northern Saskatchewan. Sorry, I know like most of my knowledge is from so Saskatchewan, cool. but <laughs> no, uh, this is great. There's a tribe there that the women are the ones in the political power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so the chief, I actually met her mm. at a gathering at the university and she would wear a headdress and she was a woman amongst the men and oh. the leaders. And I was like, oh, that's so incredible. Cool. <laughs> so incredible. Yeah, and I'm sure there's more out there, but yeah. she was the first one that I had seen that just like it opened my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, there's yeah. women in power. I love that. Yeah. I had heard of other tribes. I didn't know which ones mm-hmm. that and other cultures too around the world. So neat. And it I just agree. goes to show that there are different ways of living life. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that that's just the greatest. And to consider that too, that this isn't the only way to live and not necessarily the best way to live. You know? Oh, exactly. I know. Us Americans, we're like, we've figured it all out. We know oh, everything. No. Yeah. And not only do we think that, but we also think that everybody else wants to be us, which is just <laughs> ew and gross. Gross <laughs> entitlement. It is. It yes. is. I saw that in Canada. I heard comments like that all the time. Like, oh, you're American. And they'd like, just talk about some ridiculous stereotype. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I'm, I'm American, but I'm also Canadian too. Yes. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think yeah. that's so great that you're both. Well, oh. you. I love it. <laughs> you rock. Okay. So tell us about some of the misperceptions that you feel there are. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the alcoholism, the substance abuse, mm-hmm. and how a lot of times if someone is just caught up in their addictions, that they're lazy and that they're less of a human. I think this goes for all addiction. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> From I don't say you would know because no, yeah, because my I, terrible. No. <laughs> you know, girl, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my addiction series <laughs> because of your series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for laughing that off with me. <laughs> I was just rolling like it didn't even (laughs) register. (laughs) Okay, good. But yeah, I think like what you've talked about in your series is that people don't have addictions for nothing. Like, no, they don't. There are reasons behind it. Like, a lot of times it's trauma. Yes. And this perspective of thinking that, oh, like their failures is so wrong. It's so wrong on so many levels. Yes, it is. And like dangerous. Yeah. 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 We don't know what they've been through. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that goes for like all addiction in general that like we can't label addicts like that. Can't label addicts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another reason why just reparations don't suffice because there are mental health issues for everybody. I think that that's, I mean, God, I don't want to get this (laughs) be political, but I think that's pretty neutral to say Mm -hmm. that 
our penal system isn't really working and our mental health crisis is blossoming. Mm -hmm. And so like that Archbishop Desmond Tutu quote, it's not enough to just pull people out of the river. You have to go up river and see why people are falling in in the first place. And so it's not enough to just throw money at a problem that often exacerbates it at best. It just puts a bandaid on it, on the symptoms at worst, it just perpetuates and exacerbates it. And so it's considering the mental health issues, the root causes. And so you can address those and mental health, whether Mm -hmm. it's for indigenous people or anybody, because it's a human issue, it's universal. And so that really does matter. Like you had said, mental health contributing to the addictions that matters, that needs to be focused on. Yeah, absolutely. And the rates of substance abuse are so much higher Mm. in the native American communities than in the general population. Um, Again, like what we had talked about before, because of the generational trauma and Mm -hmm. the attachment issues passed down generation to generation and all of that. I mean, that all matters. That's what's contributing to it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure all addicts would say, I didn't choose this life. This is not what I wanted my life to turn out to be. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and addicts come from like in my addiction series, we talk about, they come from all walks of life and it's your soccer mom. It's your Mm -hmm. religious leader. It's Mm -hmm. somebody from demographic that you wouldn't expect. We're all susceptible to it. And like Gabor Mate says, this really brilliant doctor talks about how we can all be addicts. We all are in our own way, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there are different respectable addictions. Yeah. Like if you're addicted to TV, that's a lot more palatable than if you're addicted to crack cocaine. Or to exercise. I mean, being addicted to exercise, I was, and that's almost ruined me, you know, and just because whatever it is, no matter what. Yes. And it can have physiological consequences, emotional consequences, relational consequences, all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that all matters and it needs to be addressed. And I think for people, there are so many psychological reasons why it's easy to just label and dismiss somebody as, oh, an addict and to condemn them and criticize them for being such a, it gives them a sense of control control because they're like, oh, it's because they made poor decisions or because they're lesser or because they're lazy or because they're this or that or that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if I just don't do those things or I'm not that person, then I'm not going to have to deal with that in my life. So it gives them a sense of assurance and control and comfort yeah. that they won't have to be. It gives them a hit of superiority because, oh, well, I'm better than that. And especially <gasps> you really crave that superiority if you're feeling a little insecure about your life, whether you realize it or not, you know, when yeah. you judge others, it's because you need a hit of feel good hormones and superiority to feel better about your life. Like, oh, well, they're an addict or they're lazy or they're lesser than, but I'm not. Yeah. And I feel good. Yeah. And I feel better about myself and my life and yeah. all of that. And, and right. just ignorance too, lack of awareness and lack of understanding about mental health and Mm -hmm. the true universality of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier. Like what you're saying, when people label and judge addicts, it's easier. It's more comfortable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than thinking about what really could cause it. Cause it it is a good point to think about trauma. Like, Ooh, no one likes trauma. (laughs) No one wants to talk about trauma. (laughs) Such a good point, more comfortable and easier too. Yeah. It's less mental bandwidth and energy to think about, oh, well, what could actually be going on and contributing to that? Yeah. Good points. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one misconception. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's so many, but another one is assuming that indigenous people, there's like jokes Mm. 
are really, really offensive, but assuming that Native American people like to be referred to in like a joking manner, I know it sounds mm. creepy, but I oh, have yeah. been told before that I'm an Indian giver. <gasps> I've heard that term. Yes. But it's yes. when you give something to someone and then you ask for it back. Yes. And that is just so shady. And yes, it is. To label it like that and associate that with like one group of people. Yes, it is. Well, and a little rich, don't you think? What whites have done. Right. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't even. A little inaccurate. Yeah, completely. (laughs) Yeah. But um, also just assuming that like they all are traditional and all of them, (laughs) like asking ridiculous questions like, do you go camping in a teepee or you all is like is your family like really dysfunctional like oh my gosh assuming like the stereotypes oh my gosh I think I don't know if I'm like fully on track here by saying this (laughs) not cool yeah but I've heard some of this I yeah growing up and you hear the jokes and you hear the side comments and you hear all of that and right and it's like I'm saying I think I'm like a little bit off because that's not exactly misconceptions but I think it's just a lack of kind of ignorance in a sense like not realizing that like what you're saying, like how that affects the other person. And like, you can never assume someone's a certain way just because of how they identify. Right. And I think generalization is problematic and tricky, Mm -hmm. no matter what demographic you're talking about. Right. And so it's the same concept and it's generalization. And even if there is validity and truth to some of these stereotypes, because sure they came about for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. But still you got to see the person and the individual and that kind of cuts to the core of a lot of this. You got to see person by person basis instead of just a blanket statement. And that's, I think, when it's easy to distance yourself and dehumanize people and remove yourself from your neighbor, your fellow human. And it's mm-hmm. easy to have these awful jokes and it's easy to have these inaccurate views of people and unfavorable views of people because mm-hmm. you've distanced yourself from them and yeah. lumped them all together. Exactly. Yeah. Removed yourself completely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree with you there. hundred percent. And I can't believe it's been an hour because there is so much I want to talk about. So fast. I I just looked and almost died at the clock. I want to reference a post that you had made. And this is actually the post that you had shared and I had thanked you for. And it talked about appropriation and things to consider. And there were some eye-opening things I hadn't thought of for like (laughs) smudging, burning sage. Yeah. And so I was so appreciative of that. And I can pull up the post. This is the post that you had shared and I can share it too in the show notes and on my stories when I post this so you can see, but will you walk us through this and tell us your thoughts on it and then we'll like go slide by slide so we can tell people about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's a native culture appreciation versus appropriation and what appropriation of native culture, it can look like several different things, but some of the main ones are Um, Non-Native people using sacred headdresses and attire as costumes, often accompanied by sexualization and fetishization of Native women. And yes, I don't think people who do this that are non-Native, I don't think they realize what they're doing, (laughs) like how it is offensive. I would like to think that most people are just kind of ignorant in that way. It is offensive because those headdresses are earned. They are Mm. 
people to be honored. I think they're only meant for people in power Mm. as well, but they have to be earned. And so it is disrespectful to just put that on. That is, yeah. For for fun. Yeah. And thank you for explaining that. I think it's important for people to know why it's disrespectful. I think sometimes people resist if they're just told it's disrespectful. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I'm happy to help. This is from Illuminatives. So underscore Illuminatives, if you want to follow them on Instagram, this post, yeah, that we're talking about. Another one is the production of clothes, art, and home decor with native designs for the profit of non-native individuals or companies. I think a lot of times, like I said earlier, people don't understand that it is disrespectful. Like they can definitely like appreciate the beauty. Sure. Of it and the designs, like it'll say that I think it says this later on in the post that if you support, if you buy these things from native individuals, it means a lot more because the production from non-native individuals or companies, it's meant purely for profit. Yeah. <laughs> I really, but it's mostly yeah. just to make money off of like some of the designs, for instance, like the dream catcher is really beautiful, but the meaning behind it, I think it can mean different things mm. among different sub cultures indigenous Mm -hmm. cultures but from my understanding it's something to use it takes the negativity a place to put that negativity if that Mm -hmm. makes sense or like Mm -hmm. bad dreams or nightmares kind of like a filter like filter that out of your house or your life in general (laughs) yeah yeah and so I think a lot of people that may buy that from a non-native individual like they're not using it for that purpose. So I think the purpose behind the native designs are are lost when they're made for profit. So if you were to purchase one from a native vendor or maker, would that be okay? Or is that still appropriation? Yes, that's okay. Um, And what about like a Navajo inspired print dress or shirt? If it's from native made? I think if it's from a native company or individual, I think that's okay. And that's not appropriation because it was made for them to share their art and possibly share a piece of their culture. That's a good point. Yeah. As well. It's not necessarily just for money. Yeah. Uh, but it is I good like that. To support them financially too in that way. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I like that distinction. And I think that's beautiful too, to embrace different cultures. And sometimes it feels tricky too, because I want to honor these different cultures and respect them appropriately, but not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so helpful. So Thank you. Okay. Yeah, of course. Like you were saying earlier about smudging, spirituality for the entertainment of the masses or spiritual practices as non-native people using these knowledge or practices as their own, like smudging or a naming ceremony, things like that. And smudging is burning sage for those (laughs) non-knowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to like good vibes or to cleanse the space, a lot of people smudge and burn sage and that's exactly. one of the reasons why. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that can be, that can be appropriation. I mean, I think that's the concept behind it for anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good concept for sure, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way Yeah, you can do that in your life. But I think it's part of like ceremony, like sacred ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And that's why it can become um, appropriation if for non-natives, or if you weren't given direction from okay. an indigenous perspective on like how, the process works because I know there's certain prayers involved sometimes it with practices like that 
that are important and you don't want those to be forgotten in the process. So what would you advise someone who did want to participate in that? Do they have access to a ceremony like that or is that for natives only? I would say it's hard. It's really hard because... And I don't mean to put you on the spot either because I know this is hard for you. you know? like, no, no, that's okay. Speak for everybody. Okay. I would say if you know someone who is Indigenous Mm. and you would like to adopt that practice, that specific practice in your life, ask them, how should I approach this? And like, I'm doing this out of respect and I'm not doing this as out of mockery or anything as a game. This is because I truly care about this certain practice and what's the process of how I should treat this. What is the most respectful way to go about it? Yes. That's hard because everyone doesn't necessarily have a, and a point of contact sure. um, in their life. But I mean, with social media, it's incredible. Yes. Another but, reason to follow Native accounts yes, and to just exactly. gain awareness and educate yourself and learn about other cultures. Yeah. Right, right. Like and Illuminatives. Yeah. Follow Illuminatives. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Ooh, you necessarily th- have to know them in person. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And this last one too on the slide, the spirit animal quiz. Yes. Is problematic. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's <laughs> one of the points that isn't so great. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Cause when you're given your indigenous name so in a lot of cultures you're given a specific name that's it's not your the name that you're born born with you earn a certain name and a lot of times those are associated with animals and those are things that are earned as well it's not just given (laughs) at random yeah 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 (laughs) usually like accomplish something in order to get that anyway that's just what I've seen in my experience that could be totally different in other cultures in other Mm. native cultures but that's what I've seen wow so yeah that's so cool problematic too but yeah I love the questions that are asked and further in this in the slides like is this reinforcing stereotypes am I doing this to misrepresent or degrade the culture or take credit or compensation away from the original creators is this generalizing customs and traditions of native people and it says even if any of these answers are yes then do some research and rethink your actions and I think yes, which yeah. is really important. So I think that's a really good question. The others, I mean, they're all great questions, but that's a new one for me too. And food for thought, generalize the customs and traditions of native people. And that's mm-hmm. another layer that made me pause and think and consider. So I really like that. Yeah. I'm glad because those customs and traditions are a lot of times they're sacred. And yes. so we don't want to take something that's not ours to take. <laughs> yes. Yes. So true. And then some frequently asked questions like, can I wear turquoise? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. Turquoise is a beautiful stone found all over the world. Native people do not claim ownership over it. If you want to wear native design pieces, support native artisans by purchasing pieces directly from them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And moccasins as well. Yes, those are okay to wear too. They're comfortable and ergonomic. They're often beautiful works of art, but they're not symbols of achievement beyond the amazing work put into them by the artist. Gosh, beautiful works of art that's for sure and then again yeah please buy from a native moxa maker beater to support the creativity that goes into creating these custom pieces and you can just order things online you can find vendors that are indigenous in order to still support the indigenous people the artists behind it yeah i don't think it's that hard to find 
No, especially no. In this day and age, can I wear native fashion? If it's designed by a Native American clothing designer, yes. Native fashion is gaining in popularity and these pieces are for everyone. However, if you're buying native inspired designs from a non-native person, this is unauthorized taking from our culture. Regalia should never be bought or worn by non-native people. And that's like the headdresses and those mm-hmm. sacred ceremonial pieces, especially. Yeah. Yes. And even the dancing attire. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That is also considered regalia. I made the mistake of calling it a costume one time and I was corrected very quickly (laughs) not to call it a costume. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's regalia because that is really, um, it's an honor to be a dancer and it's something that's really important and special. It has significance to it, so... Yeah, as well as eagle feathers too, it says. Eagle feathers Mm -hmm. are presented as symbols of honor and respect and have to be earned. Yes, exactly. Yep, my dad actually has one for, I honestly should know what he got it for, but yeah, he had to earn it. (laughs) Wow, Wow. so cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so he has that up in his his office. Very cool. Cool for us to see. Yeah, and then I love this last slide and it says, be a good ally. And this applies not just to this, but I think just to living life in general. Yeah. And then especially the racism conversation, mm-hmm. but it's okay to make mistakes. White supremacy has led many people to believe that there is nothing wrong with cultural appropriation. So this is new information for some people. But mm-hmm. when a native person says something is offensive, it is important to listen. The best thing you can do is admit you didn't know, educate yourself and apologize sometimes it will be appropriate to make amends. And I think that's just a good approach and it's easy to get defensive. And I think it's worth noting too, that you have people all along the spectrum. Again, that's why it's important to consider the individual instead of just blanket view a demographic. Like they all think this way, they all think this way. And maybe one person will come and tell you one thing. And then the person next to them will tell you it's something different. Right. But I think it's important to respect each input, each piece of information that they're giving you, each opinion, and then just listen to it, absorb it, take it in, and then educate yourself if necessary. Thank them for their insight and apologize if you need to, depending on the severity or the significance of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then just go from there. Yeah. But I mean, this applies to so many other things. It does. It really <laughs> does. Yes. Yes. And I know white supremacy can be a triggering term for people, but I think we got to just, got to just get past that people (laughs) just (laughs) open our hearts, our minds and our eyes and just be willing to receive and be willing to learn. I agree. And I love that that is what you're all about. Thank you. And you too. Thank you so much. Life is a lot easier that way. It's still uncomfortable, especially if somebody tells you that you'd misstepped or you'd done something offensive or disrespectful or you realize that on your own, like I look at some of these that I have done Mm -hmm. and this is completely unintentional and I've had the best of intent with everything that I've done, but I've messed up some of these. Yeah, I've Mm -hmm. absolutely appropriated. And so you just live and you learn and you move on and you do better. Just like anytime that you make a mistake in life, you just take it as a lesson and move on and make amends if you need to. And it's just, yeah, how you're going to live life. Right. And give yourself grace and others grace and and sometimes admitting you're wrong is the hardest part but oh yes it is the ability (laughs) to do that (laughs) yes I love that you can you can do that and be like you know that's okay I can just do better in the future so yes yes (laughs) okay this has been a fantastic 
illuminating conversation. Do you have anything else that you want to share with us? I've loved being here. Thank you for giving me my chance to, to give my perspective. And like you were saying, it's, we all have like an individual perspective. So I am not speaking for the entire indigenous population. (laughs) (laughs) This is just what I've learned and experienced in my own life. And yeah, we can't just generalize and think that Native American people are all the same because we're really not. I don't know if this is like fully understood that there's a lot of sub cultures Mm. Native American culture. There is a general indigenous perspective that I feel like there's a lot of tribes that um, have similarities, but each tribe has their own separate belief systems too. So it's not all like one big culture and they're all the same. That's they're important. Individual. Yeah, that's important to know. Well, I'm, I'm glad I can help. <laughs> glad I can Thank help. you. You are a superstar. I mean, I just think so highly of you. Just like you as a person and just all that you share and all that you represent, the beneficial and valuable work that you do and how you lead from where you stand. And I think that you are just a rock star. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you for coming on and sharing <laughs> your perspective and helping us understand more about this. This has been so valuable, at least for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. And thank you for for caring enough to put this out there and help other people understand more what Indigenous people go through and their perspectives. I'm so amazed by you. And like you said, I just love you. I just love you so much. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. And people can find you. Yes. My Insta like handle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lila with two A's at the end. And I will put that in the show notes too. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you people for caring and listening and taking all of this in as we go on this ride together to just be better humans and care about people better. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I feel like that's what we should all be doing. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for doing that. 